0: This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced in the play and the guitar because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressured to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player... On this planet that I personally don't follow closer it, it's not something that you see too often I only know a few players that do it now
1: from the home of the blues Chicago Illinois welcome to guitar talk with your host Jimmy Warren
0: all right everybody welcome to guitar talk Jimmy Warren here thank you so much for tuning in again this is a special Edition of Guitar Talk. We're on a Friday night right here coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Man, is it a crazy week, man? The weather's just been insane. It's gone from cold and wet to rain and sun, and I don't know. But thank you so much for joining me here today on this May 14th for a special edition of Guitar Talk. Today, we're going to jump right in, and we're just going to get this baby rolling. But before we do, i got to tell you, go to guitartalkofficial.com, subscribe for our email list so that you get our newsletter every single month, and then make sure you're going to com to find out where I'm playing at. Uh, cause you know, we've got some dates coming up, going to be going on tour later on this year. So, uh, who knows, man, I might be coming to your neck of the woods and it will be a good time. I'm telling you right now. So there's a band that, uh, I've just become familiar with in recent days from Montreal called the damn truth. That's it, man. Just the damn truth. Great band, man. Great, great band takes me back, you know, I got to tell you, they take me back to my early days of falling in love with music, you know, old Rolling Stones and old Led Zeppelin and stuff of that nature, and uh, man, just an all-around great band. They released a new album called Now to Nowhere, it's out now. You can get it anywhere, of course. And so today joining me from that band is their guitarist, Tom Schemmer. And so uh, this is really cool. You know, that he was at his uh, rehearsal uh, studio when I was talking to him. So he had to go out to his car and sit in the car and talk. So when you, when you get the chance to see the video of this, when it pops up on Guitar Talk Official, you'll see him sitting in his car, which is kind of... Kind of funny to see, but it's really cool. It's a great interview. You're going to love the band. Make sure you're going to uh, thedamntruth.com to find out more about the band and that, because you're going to want to do so after this interview. So I'm going to shut my pawhole right now, and we're going to jump right in. Uh, this is the damn Truth uh, guitarist Tom Schimmer right here on Guitar Talk. How's it going? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good you know this was supposed to be at noon central
1: time <laughs> i don't know nothing i get i do what the publicist. Do. don't worry about it. don't worry about it man i saw
0: that you were on i saw it pop up and so i jumped on right away so oh we're good so it's supposed to well, what
1: man. time is it where
0: what time is it now yeah right right now it's noon my time it's supposed to be one my time uh, oh if you want we can jump time. in in an hour i don't i don't mind no, no, we'll do it now. This is cool. Okay. Sitting in your car where it's quiet?
1: Kind of, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all was, right, cool. Did you have a good Easter? Yeah, it was pretty good, man. I mean, quiet, you know, yeah, we're still kind of under did. lockdown here in uh, Montreal. So. Yeah. but uh, Yeah. Doing the best I can. All right, we, all right.
0: What all about right. you?
1: Before Before
0: we get... I'm well it's good man it's it's beautiful outside we're outside of chicago it's oh, absolutely nice. gorgeous here right now yeah it's it's pretty good after all the freezing weather we had you know mm-hmm. you know how that goes you're in, Mont- oh, yeah. you're in montreal so you get go weather <laughs> before we start talking about the album and your band and your guitar playing and your gear and all that other stuff i sure. was reading your information uh, uh-huh. and uh one thing that really struck me was how you and uh, Lila met. Yeah. You, <laughs> Thou, I, I don't know if it's true. I I heard it was that you guys were in the seat by the Sea of Galilee in Jerusalem. Uh, yeah, in is
1: Israel.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah, that is correct. At a, yeah, and there was something crazy going on and you guys were all butt naked. And so, <laughs> Is that true? It's a, yeah, that's a true story. If you want, I can tell you the story. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear it. That would sounds, right. sounds interesting.
1: So, um, basically, we both found ourselves in Israel um, at a hippie festival. Um, what happened was that, uh, from my perspective anyway, I, I heard somebody, a female vocal, uh, singing Almost cut My Hair by CSNY. And I just, I love that song. And something about it just attracted me to, uh, to that sound. And I, I walked towards where she was sitting and when I got to where she was sitting, she was there butt naked, just playing that song with a bunch of other people. <laughs> I was naked myself, too, because it was a really hot day and it was right by the Sea of Galilee, like you said. And we're all in and out of the water all the time. And uh, that kind of turned. I brought my guitar with me and we sat down. And we chanted for about 10 hours and we discovered that we loved all the same kind of music and with the same passion for a certain era of rock and roll. And uh, never looked back since.
0: I'll be darn that's that's really cool so I gotta ask how did you what what drew you over there was there a festival is there something that goes on there that you knew about and that's why you went
1: I personally uh I just love traveling and I I, yeah. I do have some family in Israel so uh, it's something that I always wanted to do and uh I did and that's that's yeah, how I that... yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it's a, it's a cool story you know so now down the road you know when you guys got a litter of pups, Right, you'll have a really cool story to tell them.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> very cool. So you got a new album uh, that's going to be coming out. Correct, it's called uh, Now or Nowhere. Correct. Right. When's it release? Uh, May seventh. May seventh.
1: Yeah, we're signed with the Sony for this one.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And, uh, uh, do you guys, I, you know, I noticed that you don't have no tour dates on the, on your website right now, but I'm sure, you know, uh, things are, uh,
1: probably being planned for what late summer. That's definitely what we're hoping for. I mean, uh, yeah. we had a bunch of dates already booked and everything got canceled and canceled again. And then at that point we decided, you know what, we're just going to wait it out. And Instead of making the agents work and work and work, we're just going to see what, what happens and we'll book accordingly we have a few things in the works but i can't really talk about it as of this moment right right well i know
0: that you guys are really popular in montreal where you guys are from of course and uh the reason is is because uh, my show actually airs on a on an internet station in montreal oh no wait which one yeah it's uh mountain city rock
1: oh yeah yeah love those guys
0: yeah, it airs on there on Saturday. So uh so when this goes to air, it won't just air on my podcast around the around the world. And if you got family in Israel, we got the number 1 music podcast in Israel, believe it or not. No way. Yeah. I'll tell them to check it out. Crazy. Anyway, uh so uh so you're on complete lockdown there. So you're not doing any gigs. Are you guys, you know, rehearsing? Are you guys, you know, together? Can you see each other
1: and get together or yeah, so uh, the band is kind of in a bubble. Actually, we are in our re- recording studio slash rehearsal space right now. That's why I'm sitting in the car because the, the rest of the guys are jamming away in yeah. the space. Uh, but yeah, we try to keep as active as possible. We uh, Obviously, we're in, uh, in the midst of uh, putting out a record. So there's a lot of uh, press to be done, and uh, we're always uh, recording podcasts and uh, interviews and stuff like that. So right. And we're writing new music, always. Right.
0: Right. Well, I love the sound of the band. I really do. Uh, Thank you very much. It it actually has some, you know, um, hints of some like really old, like 60s, 70s, you know, flavor to it, which I think is really cool. And I don't know if it's it's her vocals or if it's, you know, the way the music's put together and that. But uh, I'm guessing that your influences are probably uh, partly from that genre or from that era.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, one thing that uh, was apparent to us when we started this band back in, you know, uh, the early 2010s was uh, that the music that was popular back then, at least here in Montreal, I don't know how it was in uh, Chicago where you're from, but it was all that like indie synth pop that was really, really popular at the time. And, you know, when we for a young rock band, when we started out, like we couldn't even get a gig in our own city, you know? And um, we just kind of made a conscious effort and decision that like, you know, if nobody's going to listen to this music anyway, if we can't get a gig, we may as well play the music that we love and we may as well do <laughs> right. something that's super true to us. And that's where the, the, the name of the band also comes from. You know, it's just the damn truth. We just wanted to do something that we would be happy to put it, the vinyl on the record player, listen to and be like, wow, you know, this is the kind of music that I love, you know? Yeah. That's so that's where, yeah. And a lot of it comes from the sixties for sure. Late sixties between, I guess, I guess, you know, 67 to like 75, there was this golden era of rock and roll where it wasn't about the clothes necessarily. And it wasn't about like the women and the drugs. It was just about like, um, you know, saying something to maybe change the world. And and, um, you know, I, I don't know. It was meaningful to me anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm so drawn to that era. I, I could kind of
0: tell because the band just had that aura. You know what i mean it's whether it's in the way that you guys you know appear whether it's the way you guys sound you know as a complete package it just took me back to that to those days which i think is really cool it's it's really cool to see somebody you know kind of i don't want to say pay homage but you know take that influence in and in, and kind of do their own thing with it today i think that's really cool
1: i appreciate it you know i also i feel like that also you know in the state of the world and, and where we are now it's uh it's important to say something and it's important to be positive you know it's like it's a lot of um back in our um uh, back in the album just before this one devilish folk we kind of you know we kind of pointed the finger and said this is all this is wrong with the world and we should do this <laughs> and this and this is fucked." and this is like i don't know if i can swear but um but basically with this one we kind of we made a conscious decision after like years of touring and seeing people all over the world and seeing what kind of unites everybody is love and hope, you know, and and, and we kind of, I feel like that the world really needs that now. And, and it's it was very important for us when we wrote this record to like make, get that message across. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So were some of the influences for you on guitar, were they from that era too?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, growing up, um, from my older, older brother's uh, bedroom, there was a lot of punk and heavy metal that always played and very loud too. And, you know, as a, as a young child, I really liked that stuff. But it wasn't until I heard Led Zeppelin for the first time and Jimmy Page's guitar when I was about nine years old that I knew that that's the kind of music that I'm going to make. You know, that's the kind of sound that really, I don't know, it really touched me from the inside. I, I can't really explain it. I wanted to be so close that sound that I had to learn the guitar just so I can feel what it's like to have those b- vibrations on my skin. You know, it's uh, really changed my life. When I when I first heard Led Zeppelin as a kid, uh, nine years old, I'll never forget that moment.
0: Yeah, uh, Jimmy Page is a huge influence on so many people, but you're not a you're not a Gibson guy, are you? I mean, it seems like most of the time that I've seen you've had other guitars rather than a Paul.
1: Oh uh, yeah, you know I'm a lucky guy. I got a bunch of uh, sponsors and. Uh, I do have a really beautiful Gibson uh, st- uh, Les Paul Standard from uh, '91, I believe, uh, and I used it a lot on the record. Also, um, Bob, you're probably going to ask me about it later, but with Bob Rock, he uh, when we recorded the album, he ha- he actually has like a 1959 Les Paul, you know, like the yeah. the Holy Grail of guitars. So a lot of the a lot of the guitar tones uh, will record on that thing. But to be honest with you, my favorite Jimmy Page uh, solos and sounds are on a telly oh those yeah first couple of records you know yeah yeah i i
0: personally i love the telecaster you know oh, i you think do. it's my desert island guitar you know if you're going to be locked somewhere and you got to have one that's the one to have And mm-hmm. that so
1: uh so i'm taking it you you play a telly quite a bit i do have one but um it's not my it's not one of my main guitars at the moment <laughs> okay uh, it, it keeps changing but uh yeah yeah i i like I said before, I'm a lucky guy and um, I I have a few sponsors and uh, I got a couple signature models and I try to use them publicly as much as I can. Yeah. And so what are those, if you don't mind? So actually talking about Israel, funny enough, I have a company from Israel called Bunting. They reached out a couple of years ago and they were interested in doing a signature model with me. And I don't know if you've seen any pictures, but that's the pink kind of like Jaguar looking guitar. Right. Yeah. It has, um, it's a, it's, called Melody queen the model and uh it has three um one of those pickups called uh tv jones pickups, okay. kind of like the old gretches one and uh, it's just a beautiful guitar it has my specs on it the neck profile is just perfect and uh it's a great vintage kind of if if i had to make the comparison it's kind of like a vintage car you know it's like it's slow going and it's it's beautiful and it's kind of like it's very vibey you know yeah i also have um okay here's a cool story um when we released released our uh our uh, album just before this one um it got a lot of radio play here uh in canada and i i got this facebook mes- message from this guy you know hey uh, you know i build guitars in my basement, if you guys, you really should come and check out my, you know, my workshop. i like, i like not going to this guy's basement. You know, like, who's this guy? You know? Yeah. And he, it was persistent. And anyway, like after a few times, I was like, okay, maybe I'll ask around if anybody knows this guy. And it turns out it's a guy named Jeff DeMere and it turns out to be, uh, probably the most respected luthier in the country, in Canada. He builds, uh, arch guitars and violins and chills and he built upright basses and he's just, like the most amazing, he's the kind of guy that would go to South America and handpick woods and like, you know, wow. it's just unbelievable. And his he has a true love to rock, for rock and roll. And he heard a um, couple of our songs on the radio, went out, bought the record and he said, you know, me and my wife, we just love the band and please come by and I want to show you some guitars. And I, I came down and he took me to his basement, which is an unbelievable guitar workshop basement. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he showed me this beautiful flying Vita that he built. And he was like, you know, this thing is just sitting here and it needs to be toured, and it needs to be rocked, and it needs to be played and loved, and I want you to have it. And he just handed it to me and uh, it broke down in tears. And uh, it's just a beautiful moment. And that guitar, you know, if my Bunting is kind of like a vintage uh, car, this is like my Ferrari, it's fast. It has like two vintage um, Les Paul, um, humbuckers in it one is a 57 and one is a 60 something Uh, and it's just it's just a tone machine that thing it's a rock and roll machine you know wow
0: that's really cool you know and, and that's and that's uh you know one of the reasons i love doing what i do is because there's so many great builders like that around the world you know what i mean uh man there's some guys out there creating just some gems some absolute gems and and uh just great you know beast you know uh more so than you know than the standard Fender and Charvel and Gibson and all that's cool well that well that's, that's it cool. I
1: mean when when when, the, when it's uh when the workshop is like a guy or two guys or like three or four guys building guitars you know you're getting somebody's attention on the instrument like they're 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 gonna put like the hours in there yeah and it's gonna be something that they're proud of and I mean not to take anything away from uh, those brands that you just mentioned, but when, you know, when you have to make a hundred or 200 or a thousand guitars a day, I don't know how many they produce, but it can have the same level of, uh, you know, uh, awareness to details and, right. and stuff like that. You get a handcrafted instrument. There's, there's a soul in, uh, built into the wood already and you feel it when you play and it's inspiring. And, uh, I'll never go back. You know, we toured with ZZ Top. Um, we opened for them across Canada and, uh, Billy Gibbons, you know, he only plays really uh, hand-built, custom-made yeah. guitars. Seeing that really opened my eyes to, like, my God, you know, like, uh, it's if he's doing it, there's got to be something to it. <laughs> the little conversation that I had with them about it was uh, basically what I just told you, you know. There's a yeah. soul in the wood. that's just, uh, you can't you can't buy this, you, you know. It's like somebody puts their passion into an instrument, you feel it. Right. And you're and getting I, a, you're getting something that's,
0: you know, like one of a kind, really unique, you know, because, you know, those guys, even if they have to make another one, it's not going to be the same. Never. And, and know, I it's think never going
1: to be the same. I think that's why people chase those like vintage guitars, you know, so much like it used to be like that. Right. Gibson was just basically Gibson and Fender used to be just a costume shop. Right. So. Every guitar was built, built by hand by, you know, a luthier. And, and I think that, that's why everybody wants those guitars. And you can get the same level of guitars like that today, just not by, probably not by those brands anymore. But uh, maybe yeah. maybe you can, I just don't have that kind of money. <laughs> <to spend. laughs> like a uh, custom shop uh, Gibson, I guess. Another thing, that, another cool thing that happened actually on the, that ZZ Top Tour was that I met this guy named Chuck Dean from New York. And he built Billy Gibbons a bunch of like really cool amps that Billy uses on the road and on, 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 records. And uh, he has a company called retro King. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah, but heard it, but basically he builds like, uh, you know, like the old time Marshall amps, you know? Yeah. And he, I think he saw one of the shows on the tour and he, I guess he liked the band and he came backstage and he offered to build me an amp and that's my main amp when I tour and when I record, it's called the retro King. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a JTN 45. It's like a blues breaker. Very cool. It's, Basically, it's. I think it's the best amp I've ever played for sure.
0: Yeah. That. Well, if it's if it's modeled after that, you know, I'm sure that it's pretty amazing. And that I've got a I've got a Bluesbreaker and it's from the late '60s and it's wow. it's killer amp and yeah. Uh,
1: they're so good those amps.
0: Yeah, they're very very nice and that you get them in the. I think the in the '70s uh some of the models of the Plexis. Yeah, you no. Know, from the seventies, were really, really good. So, are you a guy? You go straight from your guitar to your amp. Do you use a rack system? Do you use pedals, or are you just, you know, one chord and that's it?
1: I uh, use pedals for sure. Yeah, uh, there's different uh, different tones that uh, some of our songs require, and like um, I like to experiment with pedals right. for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I got I got a pretty elaborate pedal board which is being rebuilt at the moment but uh yeah. you know yeah i like to experiment with all that kind of stuff but it's mostly to be honest it's mostly fuzz sounds and boosters and that's the kind of thing it's just like uh you know when you play the set uh just different levels of dynamics i use a lot of i use my uh, volume knob a lot yeah. but sometimes you just need that extra kick you know
0: right right so so you're using the the uh, distortion or overdrive or what you want to call it from the amp and then everything else is just some form of color trim Basically. trim chorus boost you know all that kind of stuff. that's cool
1: yeah that's cool well, what i like to do is uh for life purposes purposes i run my retro king pretty hot so it's already kind of distorted and mm-hmm. then uh i run a fender twin with it a twin uh-huh. so the twin is pretty i mean it's you know it's such a clean amp so a lot of like uh a lot of different pedals just go to the twin and some pedals go to the retro king and together, I get like a 3D kind of a sound to so, it. Yeah. yeah, that's a great way to go.
0: You know, uh, I like to play that way too. An A B, no, except no. for I keep it, I keep them both on. Yeah, I, have, I have an amp called a Haze. It was built by a guy named Dave Haze in in Georgia, Marietta, Georgia, and it's it's like a twin on steroids. I mean, it's just a really friggin' killer amp. And so my other amp is a Foosh Overdrive. It, but when you combine it, it's almost the same as what you're talking about there it's like you get the best of both worlds and it creates a wall of sound that's just yeah it's unbelievable yeah it's fucking crazy
1: <laughs> i think i think it was uh, the first time i noticed that was uh, a setup like that was um when we opened for the cult and oh. they were using something like that and i was like oh interesting and i took note and i tried it and yeah, you learn a lot of a lot of things from like those, you know, professionals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you you don't want to take on the uh, the aspect of Billy Gibbons when it comes to collecting guitars because oh man, my god, oh that my guy's god. crazy. He'll go to Europe and he'll take like seven guitars with him or ten guitars or something like that, and he'll he'll have to fly guitars back, ship oh, guitars yeah, yeah. back because he'll buy so many while he's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, go
0: ahead. You don't want to do that.
1: That's no insane. for sure but uh, he's uh you know even the tour that we were on i i, I think he had like 13 guitars with him or something yeah. for that show. and it's not that like you know it doesn't have from what i noticed from backstage anyway watching him every night it's not that he uses this guitar for this song and this song and whatever it's like what he feels in the moment so like yeah. he will give like his uh, tech a flip of a finger they have like all kinds of sign language that they use and he will just bring that guitar up because he feels like playing dad now you know yeah Which i think it's kind of cool you
0: know? yeah that, that's real cool that's real cool so okay let's talk about the album why don't you tell me you know now and uh or nowhere why don't you tell me what you would want people to know about this album let's say they're not familiar with you guys you know and they haven't heard it and you're giving your elevator pitch you know <laughs>
1: Uh, That's that's always hard to do. The the one thing that I can tell you for sure is what we kind of discussed before. Um, We wanted, uh, consciously, we decided as a band to do uh, an album that's um, positive and full of hope and love. And we wanted to bring that element into the world right now. Uh, Funny enough, most of these songs were written on the road before COVID, Mm -hmm. you know? But even then, we felt like... um, just, just by seeing so many different places and, and interacting with so many different people around the world, that the one thing that kind of unites, us, the one thing that like holds us together, is hope for the future and 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 hoping that like better times are coming. That you know we uh, we have something to look forward to. And and uh, and I think that like as much as rock music uh, uh, plays in the world um, is sometimes to like kind of point fingers and, and say uh, hey, let's change stuff around. It's also a healer, you know, and it's also you know, when you sit down and listen to one of your favorite records, you get inspired. I know that rock and roll changed my life when I was young, and um, we just we just wanted to make something that's positive.
0: Yeah. So when it comes to the the music of it, uh, when you recorded it, did you record it all
1: live? You know. Or... Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of an interesting process too. Uh, for this album, we decided that. Uh, uh, we want to work with a with a producer, uh, a different producer than before, and one of the names that came up, like the first, actually the first name that came up was Bob Rock. Yeah. Because, you know, as, as a kid growing up, I only knew about two producers. I knew George Martin because he did the Beatles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I knew Bob Rock because of the Black Album because he was famous because of that movie. You know. Yeah. So, our uh, our manager Ralph uh, used to manage a band called the Peolas, which was Bob Rock. Bob's uh, in, a band in the '80s, and uh, he always said, "You know, I can't send Bob anything before you guys have this, the right songs for him." And uh, and I don't know if he was completely convinced. I had to work on Ralph a bit and say, uh, "Ralph, uh, I think it's time send Bob. You know, send him the songs. We want to go and work with him. I think this album is the album." And uh, eventually, he did. And I think it was within twelve to. 24 hours, uh, Bob called us and was like, all right, guys, come, come down to Vancouver. Let's make a record together. Yeah. Now, we booked the time. We had about three months before we were heading down to Vancouver. And it, at that time, we basically came into the rehearsal space every day from 9 to 5 and worked on the songs. And not only we worked on the songs in terms of arrangement and stuff, we just played them over and over and over again. We wanted to make a record in the spirit of the 70s where you step into the room, step into the studio, and you lay it down, you know? Mm. Not to say that we didn't do overdubs, but we wanted the core of the music to be laid down the way we play it. And that's how Bob works too. He explained it to us. He explained the process over the phone the first time we spoke. And he said, uh, if you guys can come in and crush it, off the floor that's the way we're going to do it and that's the way it was we stepped into the studio the first day was kind of like a pre-production thing where we sat in a small studio and he listened to the songs and we kind of went over some parts he had some suggestions for us but uh, after that basically we were set up in the big room and we just went for it we played the songs and basically what you hear on the record is us playing with some minor guitar overdubs and uh, vocal overdubs but that's basically the record yeah
0: yeah so what
1: was it like working with bob it was uh the most amazing experience uh in my musical life so far yeah you know it was intimidating because i knew that I, i'm gonna have to play guitar in front of this guy you know so i definitely took the time to uh refine all my parts on the songs do my homework i practiced like a crazy person for months and i was nervous i mean it's bob rock you know it's uh <laughs> I, we were all nervous um we had to drive from Montreal to Vancouver, which is about 4,600 kilometers or something. We did it all in two days with all our gear in the van. And uh, we got there. He, he broke all the barriers within the first five minutes. He's just the nicest guy. Yeah. Good old Canadian boy, super polite. <laughs> just a, He's just a rock and roll guy, you know? He's like, yeah. he loves it. He's a studio... Um, he's a studio guy he loves being there he loves what he does right? he loved the band and we just had a great time and everything everything that he suggested worked he uh, knew everything I mean he, every song that we brought to him he kind of like oh you guys are trying to do this and this so let's you know try that and every suggestion that he had like just made the songs better and he, it wasn't like super strict you know oh he didn't have like too many things to say it's pretty subtle you know but like that extra 10 15 20 percent that he brought in it just made this record great i think
0: yeah i tell you what there's nothing better than working with a professional like that i mean they can really make the difference on your album and your release i mean it can be night and day you know so many guys try to self you know uh um, you produce the albums themselves which is cool you know, but when you bring somebody like that in, it's at a completely different level, and you get a completely different outcome.
1: Yeah, and you know that there's, there's uh there's. I mean, we've we've done some recordings on our, on our own in the past, but there's an element. First of all, there's an element of like playing in front of Bob Rock that already makes you play yeah. the best you can. no slack enough from anybody yeah. in the band. Like you're gonna be on your best your best self, and then. What a lot of people don't talk or don't mention about Bob or, or some of those great producers is not only that he's so great with his musical references and, and his knowledge in music and, and how to you know twist those knobs and get you those sounds and how to set up, set up the mics and everything. But the most important thing about Bob is his humanity. And he knows how to get the best performance out of you. I've never seen anything yeah. like that. He knows how to talk to you in a way... That would make you play like you've never played before. He would like, here, here's a good example that I never I never spoke of in an interview before. So you, you're gonna be the first one. He does this thing where you'll be in the room, you went over all the thing, all the changes of how you're gonna play the song now. You're playing this, st- you're playing the song, it's good, it's great, and then it tells you, okay, and well, now we're gonna do another take, try this part a little tighter, whatever. You'll come into the room, tighten, tighten up a, a few things, do the second take. Then he would come into the room again and again say, but "Now forget about everything that I told you. Forget about it. Just overplay everything. Do it ex- exaggerate all the parts. You know, just yeah. go for it." And w- he calls it "one for fun." And basically, we would play the we would play the song. And I think five five times out of six, that's the take that he kept. You know, and yeah. he just knows in this three step process how to get the best out of you. And, uh, mm. the, I think that's one of the most amazing things about about him. Yeah, that's that's really cool because he gets you to
0: to kind of dial things in, you know, and be subdued to some point, and then finally just says, "Okay, fuck it, just go crazy."
1: Exactly. And,
0: and then you know you're at a level by then, you know, because you're just excited to not be in that box no more.
1: That's that's <laughs> yeah. exactly it. Yeah.
0: We can go play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool, man. It well, is. I, it always- I tell you what, uh, I can't wait to hear the whole album. Uh, you know, I've been going back and I've been, you know, paying attention to your old videos and, you know, I love those those homemade videos that you guys did. Very
1: creative. You know, you know what, I mean? what? You know what? We, um, we came to work and we have to keep, uh, not that we have to, we really wanted to keep some sort of a connection to our fans, you know, like we have a very strong fan base. People are very passionate about the band and we, we appreciate that so much. And usually, you know, you get to tour, you get to travel, you get to like talk, meet these people, catch up and not, not being able to do that. uh, We just had to figure out a way to keep going. And I think uh, basically what you see in these videos, that's, that's what's happening with the damn truth these days. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's really cool. And I think that it is really important to stay connected you know, and in front of your fans and uh, I've seen some people, man, that are doing, you know, something like that on a regular basis or a live feed on a really regular basis. That's really grown their fan base as a result of it. You know, there's some people that are saying, I'm going to continue to do it afterwards because it's just an aspect that's been really beneficial. So For sure. I thought they were, I thought they were cool, man. I thought they were really cool. Thank I you don't know. So
1: it's so, it's a whole seventies look, man, that I dig. <laughs> I appreciate it I mean, you know we, It's not like It's not like That we sat down And we made a conscious decision Oh, we're we gonna look like This and this right. It's just who we are For real, you know That's yeah. like The kind of music That everybody in the band loves That's the kind of music That uh, Lila's my wife We're a couple That's just The this, right. this, this stuff that You know We listen to at home That's the kind of way we dress When we go out Shopping for clothes That's naturally like uh, You know That's the kind <laughs> of stuff That I'll buy, you know
0: Right well, That's cool though, man it is really cool. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Tom, I wish you guys all the success in the world uh, when it comes to this release and getting back on the road and touring. I love the music. I'm going to play the music on my show, of course. And, uh, you know, hopefully when you guys get to the Chicago area, I'll get an opportunity to
1: come see you. That'd be great. Oh, man, I can't wait. And thank you so much for having me on. And I'll try to, I'll try to send you the record if you want to listen to it before it comes out. Yeah, I'd love to do that. That would be great. I'll get yeah. the P- I'll get uh, I'll get um, our manager to uh, send it to you. All right, I appreciate
0: it. Thank you so much, and tell everybody I said hello. Thanks hey. for having me. Uh huh. Take
1: care. Peace.
0: All right, so there you go. That's Tom Shemer from the band in Montreal called The Damn Truth. They're a great band. Now uh, I want to thank Tom for taking time out of his. Busy, busy schedule because you know what? When you get a release going, you know, the schedule gets crazy because some days they'll just spend all day just doing interview after interview after interview. So I know it wears them down. So I really appreciate the the opportunity and uh, I sure don't take that for granted. And so uh, thanks to Tom and everybody at The Damn Truth. Make sure you go to damntruth.com, find out where these guys are playing, get a copy of Now to Nowhere. It's a great album. You're really going to love it. Um, I believe that. Now, just so you know, Saturday mornings, I host a Guitar Talk on a Montreal station. Uh, it's called uh, Mountain City Rock Radio, and it's at mountaincityrock.com. It's an internet-based station, but it's uh, got an FM format. It's really cool, and I really dig it, and I've had a, a blast doing the show. The reason I'm bringing it up is because Tom's from Montreal. So tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., this show is going to air again. But the difference between this show and that is I'll be playing Tom's music tomorrow. So you can tune in in the morning at 10 o'clock from uh, 10 to noon, and you can not only hear the interview, but you can hear the music of the damn truth. And then in the second hour— i'm just spinning stuff i dig man i just guitar infused music that i absolutely love so you want to make sure that you're uh you know if you can you're not doing nothing man tune in mountain city rock radio saturday morning you know for the rebroadcast of this but with the music now so you know next uh wednesday uh anders osborne is going to be my guest Uh, You might know him from the North Mississippi All-Stars and several other projects that he's been an extremely talented guy. Not only a gifted guitar player, but a gifted singer and songwriter. Um, Somebody that I really admire when it comes to that aspect of being an artist. So, uh, make sure that you're tuning in next week for Anders Osborne. And we've just got, oh my God, just so many great people coming for you in uh, the upcoming days. We got Nancy Wilson, We got Mark Farner from Grand Funk. Now I don't know if you've seen these videos on YouTube if you're a guitar player. there's this uh, guy, his name's Steve is uh, Stein, excuse me, and uh, he's got guitar Zoom. And he does all these lessons, you know, like one of his videos is, you know, like learn how to solo in five minutes. And uh, he does all kinds of crazy stuff, but he's got about six, seven hundred thousand followers on YouTube. You know, some of his videos have had two, three, four million views and he's doing all these different lessons and all this, you know, this different stuff. Anyway, I'm looking forward to having Steve on the show. I haven't had anybody like that prior But we've got several people uh, coming up here in the near future that do online lessons like that and online videos. I got a couple of great players from uh, abroad, from over in uh, the European area uh, that are with uh, JTC. So it's going to be cool, you know, or Jam Central, whatever it is, (laughs) Jam Track Central. That's what it is. There we go. You would think I would know as being a guitar player. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure that you tune in next Wednesday with uh, Anders Osborne. Go to guitartalkofficial.com, register for our newsletter, and I will see you next Wednesday right here with Anders Osborne. Y'all take care.